the Plotcast podcast with the Potty Plotters. Hello and welcome back to the Potty Plotters Plotcast. I'm still Elaine and I'm still the biggest Potty Plotter. And I'm Julia and I'm still little. But together we're known as the Potty Plotters. Plotters. And don't forget, you can get in touch with us at any time via our social channels. Yep, that is Instagram, Facebook and Twitter at Potty Plotters. And also, we've got an email, evidently, naughtycorner at pottyplotters.uk. And a website, pottyplotters.uk. The Plotcast Podcast with the Potty Plotters. So, welcome back, and this time we're on episode two. And already we want to talk to you about sweet peas, and also later we're going to be talking about rhubarb. So, the first thing we're going to chat about is sweet peas, Julia. Yeah, we love sweet peas, don't we, Elaine? I love them. I've got loads of them usually on my allotment in the summer, but you can't beat starting them off early. So, we're going to give you some hints and tips of what to do to get a good germination. Yeah, why do we like to grow them, Elaine? Well, I like the smell of them, that's the first thing. I like to show off to people how how beautiful they can be each stem about eight or nine inches long and I just think when people walk past my plot and they can smell them as well as look at them they're brilliant actually to give to different people and I know that we give hundreds and hundreds away every year don't we yeah and the brilliant thing about sweet peas is the more you cut the more you get so it's quite easy they're quite easy to look after aren't they yeah but they are very hungry plants yes well I'm very hungry at all times so I understand how they feel but definitely they are the thing to to grow but they're so easy and we collect our seeds every year exactly the same method but what we like to do is to start them off early don't we yes we do yes we do and i've got my packet of collected seeds here and i've got a takeaway container here so at the end of the season uh we just carry on watering but we reduce the amount of watering we do and then we let the pods dry out and we collect them and you've got a top tip there haven't you lane as to n- what not to do what did you do in your car? There's <laughs> <laughs> nothing like dropping me straight in it, Julia. That was why you noticed half a second of silence. Well, what I did was I decided that I'd just leave them all in a tray. So I'd got loads of pods of sweet peas and left them on my back windowsill in the car because I thought, oh, they'll dry dead quick there. So I left them for weeks. And the next thing was I'd got one in my hair. It actually popped and I'd got one in my hair. And I thought, what on earth is this? This little black round thing in my head. Anyway, I had a look round and I noticed that what they actually do, these sweet pea pods, is they twist, they open, they twist and they throw their seeds everywhere. It's one of those things that they do automatically as a thing for nature where they can then guarantee that they will actually continue. But what they didn't know was that actually they're going to land in my head. Yeah, so the top tip is actually (laughs) get yourself a paper bag and put the pods, uh, put these sweet pea pods in the bag and just leave them to naturally pop in there. And you won't find them all over your house or in your car, will you, Elaine? No, not at all. And that's the lesson for today. But what we have got in front of us is a proper takeaway container. It's actually still got chicken tikka written on the top, Julia. Mm. So what are we going to do with this? Um, I think what we're going to do, we've got some kitchen towel, haven't we? Although you could use toilet paper, although there was a period of time when that was very expensive and hard to get hold of. But we have got our kitchen towel and we're going to rip it into a size that will fit into the container and we've got your little spray bottle here we must do it away from the microphone (laughs) and I'm just spraying the piece of kitchen towel 
with some water. So and you're I'm, making it damp, not wet through. I'm making it damp. I'm not saturating it, and I'm just going to pop it into okay. the bottom. But it must be that the container top fits very neat and tight to the bottom it's got to be that it clips too right because then what will happen is as you'll see in a little while the condensation will form inside the box and it will drop back onto the seeds so that it always keep the paper moist okay so i'll get my bag of safe seeds and of course these cost us nothing and what we found is with the seeds that we've saved the sweet peas always come out a lot stronger and sturdier plants the next year and all I'm doing is laying some along at the base of the uh, tray and I'm putting them away from one another so they're not going to be touching because I don't want them touching and spreading any fungus or anything between them and then all we'll do is get another piece of kitchen towel yeah. and give that a spray with the water bottle again. So you're making that damp as well? Making it damp, again not saturated. We don't want them floating around in water but we do want it to be moist and wet. I'm going to pop that over the top of the seeds that I've, I've just Why is it that them. that word always makes me want to laugh when you say moist? Because you're very naughty. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm going to take your lid from your container and make sure it's nicely tightly clipped together and then we're going to take it home and we're going to pop it on the windowsill in the warm underneath the radiator so that the heat moves up and over the next couple of days they will actually germinate and it's a miracle isn't it because it these is, are yeah. quite hard to germinate generally they're dead hard and that's why it is that we're so proud of what we can achieve with this and i read lots of different books and magazines and still nobody else has cottoned on to how clever we actually are so what i have got though is in front of me some that we did it's a bit like blue peter this bit julia some that we did a few weeks ago isn't it yeah but we're we're kind of on the re not on the radio we're on this podcast and nobody can see what you're showing us in front of you. So what have I got? You've got a, another uh, takeaway container and you've got some of the seeds that have germinated. They've really swollen up, they've doubled in size and you've got roots and shoots there, haven't you? Definitely. And uh, they've, I would say, tripled in size. But what's fantastic is, yes, it's not just the root that's come out of the uh, seed. We've actually got tops as well. And it's fair to say some of these are ready to be planted. Uh, we've probably got a couple of three that are two or three inches tall now from the shoot. So we are guaranteed that these sweet peas will work. I would say everybody should have a go at this. Yeah, and the beauty of it is the ones that haven't germinated, we know that they won't germinate. So we're not going to waste any compost by planting something that wouldn't work. Everything that goes into our compost will grow. Now look at the root on that, Julia. I've just pulled it off the paper and the root itself is, I would say, around an inch in length already. And the shoot is, I would say, three inches. It definitely is ready for some compost. Let's give it a go. Contact the Potty Plotters anytime on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Potty Plotters or email naughtycorner at pottyplotters.uk Well, Julia, believe it or not, we've had some questions in already. Have we? And the, yeah, I know, it's a shock. But the first one that we've had is from Rob, and he's asking, although it's still winter, is it OK to cut down his raspberry canes? Yes, perfect time, actually, to do it. Over the winter months, when the plants are dormant, cut down your winter... Uh, cut down your raspberry canes depending on whether they are autumn 
fruiting or summer fruiting. That's going to be the big difference. Though. He says that they're autumn fruiting. Oh, right. Well, if they're autumn fruiting, cut them all the way down to the ground, uh, leave a couple of inches above the ground and you'll be ready to go for the new year. And it's still all right to do it at this time of year? Absolutely. While the plant's dormant, keep going until probably about the end of February. And we will do a little bit more about raspberries in the next few weeks. So if you've got any questions, get in contact with us via our socials. Right, now we're going to talk about rhubarb. And if there's one thing that I absolutely adore on the allotment, Julia, it is rhubarb. You know why? Because you can grow it, you can stuff it, you can do what you like with it. And actually, you've used it as an umbrella. I have. The one that grows on your plot is enormous. And the reason, I think, is because you lavish it with your orsemal. I do. And that's where people go wrong. In order for you to eat it, you've got to feed it so make sure you do but let's have a think about it it's winter now what should we actually be doing with our rhubarb well you can be mucking it or you can be forcing it right. <laughs> okay then so let's look at both of those things first of all muck it now i muck mine and uh, i know that you do yours tell us all about it yes so this time of year again like we say a lot of the fruit uh, plants are dormant and the rhubarb should be quite dormant still at this time of year so all we're going to do is go to our muck heap because we've got a mighty fine muck heap between us haven't we that we, we again that we lavish our attention on we regularly have deliveries from bill the muck man Who and we love we love him very we much do. And we let the horse manure rot down a bit until it's until we can see lots of lovely worms in it. And then we go and get a good uh, barrel load and pile it on top of the uh, rhubarb. We do. And I did mine round about November. So when I was covering all my raised beds with it as well, that got a right dollop. And I will say that already it has started to come through. So what we call the crowns and the buds that means that the rhubarb little bits are actually starting to show which is indicating to me that my rhubarb is really fit and healthy but you're one step ahead of me yes i am so mine are already starting to poke through and i think that's because we have had quite mild weather although now we are in a frosty patch but we have had quite mild weather and one of the varieties of rhubarb that i've got on my plot is called a timply early and it does come out very early so what we're are going to do i'm going to use an old plastic uh compost bin really because i haven't got the money that you've got <laughs> and i haven't been able to go out and, and buy myself a lovely terracotta for no well pot. let me just qualify that actually julia because i've had them many many years and i bought them with my birthday money years and years ago but they are a huge asset i would say and they are probably about two in two inches that wouldn't grow very much would it <laughs> but about two foot high with a top on and all that you do is cover the crown or the bud, the bit that's actually growing, and you cover the rhubarb with that, don't you? Yeah. What do you do with your bin? Uh, I just cover it over the top of my rhubarb crown, just the same as you do. Of course, it's, it's a nice large bin because it's a compost bin and no light can get into it. So it does exactly the same thing as yours does. But obviously, it costs me a lot less money. But anybody could, you, you could use anything to cover your rhubarb. As long as it's not letting the light in and it's got a decent size around it, then you could use anything to force your oh, rhubarb. But why force it? Why bother? Because we're very bossy. <laughs> 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 no, the reason you force your rhubarb is because you want a nice early rhubarb and it comes out beautiful and pink and very, very sweet. So it's just getting ahead of the game. 
the beauty about it it's almost luminous pink isn't it is that i use the first set of rhubarb that comes through for my gin now for anybody who knows anything about gin all i know is that you can drink it i don't know much more about it but making rhubarb gin is fantastic and what we'll do nearer the time is we'll actually make some rhubarb gin and then you will all know what we're talking about but what you've got to do first is get your forced rhubarb isn't yeah. it yeah yeah but what a couple of things to say really if it's the first year that you you've got your rhubarb crown in don't be forcing it in that first year because you need the plant to get established you need to get it nice and strong and healthy so leave it in that first year don't be for forcing it in the first year also if you forced it one year i would refrain from forcing it the following year and give it a break just because it needs that energy in the plant but you just force it all the time because you're like that aren't you <laughs> I am and I just love it anyway and I want that rhubarb <laughs> but also you make rhubarb cake so we'll be talking about that in the future too yeah well rhubarb's got to go with custard so Definitely. I uh, make lots of crumbles but I also make a lovely rhubarb and custard cake do you remember rhubarb and custard when it was on the telly and on that note I think we've probably said enough at the moment yeah. and we'll leave it at that so don't forget that if you have enjoyed listening to us you can press that subscribe button and that way you'll never miss what's coming next we'll speak to you again soon bye the plotcast podcast with the potty plotters is an amberland media production 